0: everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the art that they do. And today I am very excited. I've been a longtime fan of this illustrator, Will Terry. He's here with me today. Um, I wanted to go into a little bit about Will Terry. I assume most everybody who listens because most of the listeners are uh, illustration students. And uh, he has been the author of this wonderful book, What, what They Don't Teach in Art School an illustrator's guide to making money in the real world, which was very inspiring. Um, I actually took one of his classes from the Folio Academy when he had that. He is also one of the amazing instructors from SPS Learns. Um, and today he is my guest to talk about his career and his art teaching. And uh, thank you, Will, so much for being here.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm honored. Oh, I've no, cool. I've no, I feel like I've known you for a long time. Um, just, you know, online and everything just so. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And of course, a big fan of your YouTube channel, which I got amazing advice. Um, probably one of the things I admire about you a great deal is because not only are you an illustrator, but you are an educator and you are a really good educator because I have gotten so many amazing tips. They um, <laughs> really have. What inspired you to become a educator, a teacher?
1: Um, it didn't come easy for me when I was in school. I think that's the the number one thing. And um, I've always enjoyed explaining things to other people um, that have come hard to me, and making it easier for them to learn. So from, uh, you know, learning to snowboard, which was tough, to teaching my kids to teaching their friends, and some of my friends, um, it's just fun to break things down and try to figure out ways to to, um, help people learn something new. And with illustration, it was, um, I really struggled in school in learning how to become an illustrator and about, Oh, 15 years in, I felt like I had really learned a lot of things that could have been explained better. I keep in mind, I had some great teachers Mm -hmm. and it worked. And so any, any of my teachers that, uh, could possibly be listening just know that you did a great job there just was I think there wasn't because in art there wasn't a, a manual you know there, there, you know we we kind of pass on things that we've learned and sometimes the things that were passed on just didn't click for me and so I've really loved to um, figure out ways and I'm realizing that a lot of the things that I break down probably don't work for certain people but they work for other people you know so for for instance, uh, you know, I tried to teach my wife, Lori, how to snowboard and I wasn't making any progress. And then she, she uh, took a lesson from someone else and they, she's like, you never told me about, you know, this other thing, way to think about it. And I'm like, that didn't work for me, you know, so we're all different, I think. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into it was, uh, I started teaching it. At UVU, I was offered the, the chance to do it and found that I really loved doing it. Um, I was nervous in the beginning, <laughs> but once I got going on it, um, I just found a lot of fun in making new lessons. So each year I would like redo parts of my lesson plans, you know, and have have different uh, things that I would make for my students. And some of them fell flat. I'm like, that didn't work. <laughs> and you just keep trying, you know. Um, and I do find that some some teachers, I would consider some teachers, the ones that really don't like to teach the ones that kind of just do the same thing every year, you know, but the, the mark to me the mark of a good teacher is someone who's constantly trying new things to to make it easier to get across and redoing the same things that that tend to work but always kind of pushing and striving.
0: Because I um, took that children's book pro class. Oh my gosh, the timing was perfect. I was like, I was like, yes, this is like, <laughs> I have to explain a little bit because like I went to, I'm currently a graduate student in illustration. Mm-hmm. I found that I'd really gravitated towards children's books, narratives. And um, I, I saw the class drop. It was like the ticker was going down. I was like, oh, I got to sign up for this because when you guys, watched <laughs> it, I was like, oh, this is in time with my visuals for my thesis. And I decided mm-hmm. to do a children's book. And I'd already took a book illustration, which was great. Love the professor. He was wonderful. And, but the thing was, I wasn't allowed to take the class again. I even asked, they said, well, can I take the class again? I'll do something different. I wouldn't turn in the same stuff. And they said, no, you're not allowed to. So when your class dropped, I was like, yes. And so <laughs> getting your three, I have, I was just, amazed and I don't want to give out that you know their content but the thing was it was the whole idea to have three professional excellent working illustrators which the the way you guys think I was like this is fascinating to me like I am literally able to watch and see how you all think and process these different parts of telling a narrative and the things that if like you said like what you were teaching your wife and like somebody else does it a little different Mm -hmm. it was amazing to me and that you guys are very um I like I know you guys make fun of yourselves on the podcast (laughs) but like people don't really are they they're dropping off like flies right now I love it (laughs) I think it's hilarious and I just feel like you guys are real instructors like if I I I go like oh my gosh they would be amazing and this was like it was the all-around like the best experience I could have had to learn how to rethink, you know, another way of doing children's books. So thank you so much.
1: That's great. Yeah, you're welcome. That was, that was a fun class to work on because like what you, what you said, um, you know, sometimes as a teacher, I, I second guess, you know, like how I would do something, but to see them, um, talk about their process as well. And we got to compare notes and where we're similar and how we do things different. And I learned a lot from those two, from Lee and Jake. So it was, <laughs> I pinched myself to be able to be part of that group.
0: Well, you guys have had amazing careers and you continue to evolve and change. And so I'm a big fan of like the entrepreneurship, the educational aspect, the democratization of education, because I um, taught the last three years in um, high school, and Mm -hmm. I even did part of it in public education. So those students could never necessarily afford a private art school education. They're like, Mm -hmm. Ms. Miller, I really love what you're doing with this. Where can I learn more? Like, I can't afford art school like this other kid. And I told them, well, you know what? Start maybe looking online. Like, you don't necessarily have to go to an art school unless you want to, like, I mean, like, you know, if you want to teach college, maybe that might be a requirement. But you know, you really don't have to. And I love that message that you guys put out there for your students.
1: And oh, are you, did you freeze? Oh no! Oh no! I thought
0: you were going to say something. Sorry going to say something i just want to so
1: yeah you know i'm so used to the zoom call freezing up i'm like oh, always okay. petrified in my last interview we talked about that before we started this one with jennifer it froze up a couple times and so i'm like i hope this doesn't freeze up
0: no worries no it's just amazing so why did you start folio academy like because that was a long t- i mean that is so innovative like i and i that thank you again because like when you had your digital um, painting class and that was like, it was different than i had been taught in my undergrad. And I was trying to make a switch and try to learn digital techniques and Photoshop. I like where, where did this entrepreneurship and wanting to, you know, offer this to a variety of students?
1: Um, Well, at that time, my, my wife had come down with an autoimmune disease and she was a school teacher. So she she was teaching at um, junior high, and she couldn't teach anymore. And so I I needed to make up for her income, and so it was really a necessity. Where I said, "What can I do more than what I'm already doing?" And um, teaching online was a new thing at the time of Folio Academy. That would have been back in around um, tw- 2009. So it was it was pretty new at that point. And, um, it, I did really well with it, but, um, for reasons that I don't really want to go into in this interview, um, it was not the right business model and we had, we had some, some kind of problems that we had to work on. So I sold my interest there and and then we started, um, SVS learn, which is actually going to get a new name by the way, because it's so hard for people to like, when you tell someone SVS learn, they're like. S-V-D, S-V-what, S-V, you know, F, is it F-V, you know, uh, and then they forget the learn part in there, and it just, we we look back on that decision to to name it that, and there was logic, but it, it didn't, it didn't work out like we wanted to, so we've, we've already bought a new domain, and I think we're going to make that announcement around the first of the year, is when we're, we're going to make a switch over, so. Um, yeah that'll be easier for people to remember (laughs) and that's (laughs) basically it
0: oh but there'll be still that amazing content the the class it's everything
1: will stay the same with the school it's it's just a new name um so yeah
0: (laughs) so but then how did you transition into the starting SBS learn um with uh you know Jake Parker and then Lee White I was like because it it took that and like rocketed like the classes I took in there Uh really helpful because like I was taking some of your classes uh a year ago and then I did also um another um online school schoolism and like my Mm -hmm. professor at the end of that was and then I was mentoring with an illustrator because you guys recommended that that was the best like golden advice oh good oh my gosh I was like they said that on the podcast let me let me go try that and I found an illustrator and they, and <laughs> I, I it was amazing and the the professor said you really leveled up in like in the space of 10 weeks mm-hmm. and it was all of those things that I tried that I had not done before I was like you know what what's the hurt and I just can't go on about like I can't believe the advice is so like free because you guys put it out there and mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very honest and it's very like, practical and i mean that as a sincere compliment when i say practical because it all works and i mean like even though people are different when you when you go out and try the things that you guys say on your podcast some of us are we're listening <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah well that is um the, the mentorship that they have at schoolism is really good and we're, we're actually um, going to be implementing some of that. That actually will be a change that we're going to start offering. Um, we've been trying to do that for years and we just haven't had the, um, we've had so many other things to work on. But anyway, that, that, that's coming there too. But um, I'm trying to remember your question now.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> started the SPS Learn uh, with uh, Lee White.
1: Oh, how do we start it? Um, So it started with um, you know because I I I sold my interest in Folio Academy to my partner with that one, and um, he and I are still really good friends and we work on other projects together. Um, But um, I started with Jake just doing a children's book class and basically it was the predecessor to Children's Book Pro, which was you know we looked at what was out there, and and when I when I taught children's books at um, UVU. Um, and I'm comparing notes with other um, illustrators who have taught a children's book class at a university or an art school. Typically what happens is um, you, um, when you teach it at a university, you, and you're a working artist, what you really bring to your students that you come in and, and meet with is, you know, you can bring in the books you've worked on and you can just you know, you can just bring stuff in from home and lay it out and say, this is, this is how I did this, this is how I did that. And you can kind of break it up into, um, you know, doing things different days. But typically what happens is you're giving assignments to students, and they're learning through the assignments and their critiques, and there's very little organized instruction. And I know this because there's, there's not really any incentive. Like, you'll, you'll make the same paycheck as a teacher. Whether you were to write a, a a manual, which there really isn't a good, that we've found, a good children's book textbook, right? Like how to illustrate children's books. So teachers are faced in art with, you know, creating lesson plans. And some are better at creating better lesson plans than others. And that's why when you go to school, the students, you know, you ask around, who should I take? Children's book from well, don't take it from this person, mm-hmm. you know, take it, try to take it from this. Well, they're not offering this, this semester, it's the other person. Mm-hmm. Well, then don't take it and wait. You know, and that's no way to have school, you know, and and so we thought, um, this is gonna be really hard mm-hmm. to, you know, it's gonna take us months to create this curriculum. Cause I mean, you're you're, you know, you're but we broke it down and we wrote every little aspect and we made an outline and we said this is gonna be massive and that's the, 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 um, what you took in that children's book pro class was originally put into the first children's book class that Jake and I taught. And that's what started SVS. But we came up with even more stuff, a lot more because I wrote that class. And, but when, what we did with, when we decided to redo it, because the problem with that class was it was recorded live with 20 students. And so We were selling the recording to that, which was good. It was good content came with a 200 uh, page downloadable PDF um, manual, you know, and a workbook with, with 25 assignments in it. The problem was it was the audio was really bad. They were two hour class sessions. So finding stuff in that class was almost impossible. Like in, if you went through it once, you'd go, I want to rewatch the section on whatever. But there were, there was like 20 hours of video. So how are you going to find that one thing that was 10 minutes long or five minutes long in 20 hours of video? You just wouldn't do it. You know, you'd, you'd scrub through and not find it. And then, and we had students saying, can you break this up into chapters, you know, so that we can find stuff. And, and we were going to do that. And then we said, you know, because there's, um, you know, and then, the, then because it was a live class, sometimes we'd explain something, someone wasn't paying attention or they came late. They'd ask the question that we just answered, you know, which is inevitable in teaching, right? Um, and that stuff needed to be edited out. Um, and so with the stuff that Jake and Lee said, you know, this really needs this, these extra pieces. Let's just redo it with a different, with, you know, with a better organization, with better audio, separated into little, set, you know, some videos might be five minutes long. Others might be 20 minutes long. Some might be 10 minutes long, you know, but there you can go back and and find exactly what you're looking for, you know, in, in the section that you're in. And so uh, we feel like it was a lot better than the first one. So anyway, that's kind of how it got. We got started
0: because I agree with you. Like, I've gone back and been able to rewatch the content uh-huh. and like I've watched it like three or four times because like, I still don't get it oh no I need to go back and it was so easy to navigate uh-huh. through that list it was it was great and I loved all the like the extra content that you guys provided like downloadable pdfs that then I could refer to and it was like stuff that I now have I have a wall (laughs) where I put like the stuff (laughs) that is really important to me as an illustrator and I print it or and I stick it to my wall and like some of that content is on my wall so I can just refer to it each time that was really helpful so and um, good yeah
1: and we also you know with that uh, did you join the live zoom sessions that we had did you join in and
0: I did sometimes and those were great and I and if I couldn't make it you guys had them posted so I could watch them and so that was amazing like I was like yeah I mean it was it was all wonderful I I thought that element adding that on was just fantastic to get like if there wasn't something we understood well and
1: we really wanted to make sure that people you know you can you can explain something but you don't know where you're missing or you don't know where it's missing with someone else or what questions it's going to generate. So that was a good, I, we thought that was a good solution, but we are going to um, offer mentorships for people who want to um, have more interaction with their work and getting more direct feedback. That's just one-on-one. So we're, we're going to be announcing that upcoming too. So, yeah.
0: Thank you, and I really appreciate that you guys allowed us to have access to that content, and that you guys were talking about. Oh, if, the, if there's something new that would be relevant, we'll just update it, and you guys will mm-hmm. have access to. It. That was extremely generous, and I really appreciate it. So I was like, this yeah, <laughs> was a wonderful. But well, we
1: want to make sure that it's that we're not missing things because if we're missing something and we keep hearing the same thing, it needs to be addressed. And it, the neat thing about video or digital classes that with the organization we have, we can easily just add new videos and, or redo stuff if we need to. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a great format for teaching. I mean, I look back at the, like I was mentioning the children's book class I taught at UBU, no one really had anything to refer back to, you know, after class, like if they like those lectures, they just evaporate, you know, they're not recorded. Um, and that's kind of the way it's always been done. You know, you go through a class and you do assignments, you get feedback and then you're just done, but there's not really anything to refer back to unless you have a textbook. But again, we didn't have a textbook for for um, making a children's book. So this kind of, to me, it, it feels like something solid that that people can go back to and rewatch. And, and who knows, maybe, you know, things get real when you get assignments, you know? So if you get an assignment, to do a children's book and you're unsure about something you can go right back to the class and and look at something that we talked about in there for how to do this that or the other and yeah
0: well thank you so much and because you were working with two other teachers is there anything you could share that you learned that um insightful from lee white and jake parker during the class
1: um i'm trying to think offhand i know um Jake did, you know, he talked about that peg, leg, pig, um, mm-hmm. uh, principle that he came up with for that, which, uh, you know, it's a different way of thinking about it. And basically what he was sharing there was when you're, and this is something I've always harped on is, is, um, you, one of the things that a lot of illustrators err on is they, um, their illustrations are too straightforward they concentrate on the visuals; they don't concentrate on the concept, and that is a principle that he used to really help nail home the idea of um, of coming up with a really good concept, so that so that you're you're doing storytelling rather than just beautifying. And as illustrators, we learn to beautify, but the higher law of illustration really is to either tell a story to tell a narrative, uh, something really interesting, or to um, convey an idea or an emotion or, or something that will um, provoke emotion out of the the audience, you know, and um, if you're not doing that, you know, a lot of illustrators wonder why they might show their, um, their work to, you know, let's say some art director at an SEBWI event, and they And the person just kind of flips through and is really kind of, and you can tell if someone's unimpressed with your work, you know, and I would say, because I've, I've reviewed portfolios at SCBWA conferences many, many times. And the one thing that I would say is probably the, the biggest sin for illustrators is they just put up boring work. You know, they don't, they're not telling interesting stories. They're not, um, capturing interesting moments of action um and we go over all that in the class to really help people learn how to do that effectively and that's um and and some people i found um they're not they're just not to a point where they even get that you know when i was in school um the famous uh, uh graphic designer milton glazier said those of you in here who come up with the best ideas are going to make the most money. And I'm like, what's this old guy talking about? Best ideas. I mean, we everyone in here knows it's about the best rendering and the best color and the best drawing and the best, um, the best technique, the best craft. And it's really not, it's not about that. That stuff is great when it's paired with a great concept, and so that's probably the thing that i mean i I wouldn't say I learned that from Jake, but on if I went through the class, I could come up with a list of things, but right now I'm like and 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 both he and Lee you know Lee broke down um he broke down the the book in the way that he lays it out um is a little bit different than I do it the you know our techniques for for doing things are um a little bit different, and you know he it was fun to find out how they approach um the their order in which they illustrate so after they get their sketches done for for a whole book do they illustrate from front to back do they start in the middle do they skip around i always skipped around and come to find out they do too so you know that that was kind of neat to find that out too because we don't share we you know until we started making that class as they're teaching their sections i'm like oh that's what you do you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway
0: that's cool because like i thought maybe you guys already before that knew each other's processes very extensively because i know that i know from the podcast you and jake parker shared a studio so i figured yeah. probably like oh well they know each other They,
1: i mean I, i've seen a lot of it but when you're sitting there and they're breaking it down mm-hmm. you're getting all this insight This like oh okay you know layers revealed pulled back and it becomes more predictable and more uh, not predictable a little bit more um they become more normal to you you know like oh we all struggle from the same types of things
0: well i i appreciate all the process stuff because that was fascinating to me like i feel like when you are an illustrator like you guys are you're very um you know to be able to just show like these are my roughs these are like you know this is where i start from the ground floor that is a level mm-hmm. of confidence than like just knowing that you will get to a good good result at the end and it would as a student it really helped knowing that you know we all it's better to start rough and then build up from that mm-hmm. instead of you know all of those things and i think it was hearing it from professionals like this is and, and all the other things that you've said like it all, yeah, it it's taken me a long time because this is like my it, it's you know, a second pass for me with the illustri- freelance illustrate children's book stuff. so i'm I've learned so much, and it was things that, like you said, I just I don't know. I just maybe wasn't ready to hear it or I just didn't understand. And I, yeah, I needed it delivered in a certain way. So you guys did a really excellent job of that,
1: well, thank you. i I think i I mean, I understand what you're saying. There's different times where where you are open to hearing something and then there's times where you're not, you know, and I can, I can go through my career and tell you, I could go through and say, at this point I was not ready to hear this, which I really needed. And then, then five years later, I was finally ready to hear that, but I wasn't ready to hear the next thing, you know, and until, you know, you, I think hopefully as a, as an artist, you get to a point where you realize, um, that you're just another artist, and you're just, you have all the same problems, and you're um, you're much better uh, having a lot of humility and, and wanting to learn more rather than just saying this is good enough, my work is good enough now, or or my work is great, I don't need any more, or this is just the way how I do it. You know, um, the best illustrators that I've found really arrive at a point of almost going backwards where they say, I have so much more to learn, you know, and uh, so much more to be taught. And uh, it's interesting too, that with working with those two, because when you teach at a university, you're all by yourself. It's just you and your students and you don't have another, any other teachers in there. And what's been fun to find out with SVS and not just me and Jake and Lee, but with all the other teachers we have there are students, I, you know, if we go on our forums, there are students that really relate to Lee and they they're there because of him. There are students that are there for Jake. And then there's, there's a few students there for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they, where they, where they, um, they, they, um, they relate to one of us or, or maybe not even one of us three, maybe uh, someone else that's taught for us um, that just you know, speaks to the way that they need to hear something, you know, the way that they learn better, and um, they gravitate that way, and, um, but having three talking about the same thing, um, because there were, there were a few times in the class where we both kind of, the three of us said, well, I don't do it that way, but I do it this way, but a lot of times it was, yeah, I do that too, or that's exactly how I so as a student I would think because I've never been taught by three teachers but I would imagine that if you hear three different teachers confirming the same thing it's more you can have more confidence moving forward and saying well this feels foreign to me but I'm going to try it anyway because there's three people that are professionals that are telling me this is how I should do it you know
0: yeah, exactly and and because you've been such an innovator to to me you're an innovator with the the way you're delivering the educational content, like do you feel like do you have some insight? I'm just curious to hear like where do you think like education will be in five to ten years, especially with because of the pandemic and everything? like mm-hmm. I literally um ended up going to graduate school full time because it was like the wall just dropped down once that pandemic hit, and yeah. it was like what i was in person now we're doing online like all these logistical things that you know and so with the things that have happened currently what do you foresee like the educational model maybe changing and evolving so
1: i i i listened to i I listened to a podcast by um scott adams he's the guy that created dilbert and and people love him or hate him he he has a political podcast um, he's kind of a centrist in, in a lot of ways. Um, and he, um, he's made some predictions on that, that I agree with. And that's why I'm bringing him, him out. Cause this is not my idea, but I, I, I do think that it makes sense. He believes that, um, in the future, um, and not too distant future because of our technology, um, advances with, um, the internet and, and, you know, uh, streaming data. He thinks that um, that the the educational models that will prevail will be people who are really good at delivering content, and he thinks it'll be actors, um, people that can can deliver content in a way in a really organized way, in a that speak really well, are easy on the eyes, and make you feel confident in learning now i'm not sure that i completely agree with that because if they're not experts in their field i i i tend to gravitate towards people who i'm like this person can actually do it so I'm, there might be a hybrid it might might be um you know part of that is true for some subjects where the delivery maybe doesn't matter who it's actually coming from and maybe that's why i could be an actor that would be my only pushback but I do believe that he's right in that the the people that have the most organized content, the the um, and can deliver it in the 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 most efficient way, that's good audio, good video, you know, all checking all the boxes basically, a good speaker, um, just a high quality production. Those are going to um, those are going to shoot to the top, and they're going to be talked about and, and passed around and go viral basically. And then, um, and, but I do believe with the second part of his prediction that, that the, where teachers will fit in is they will, um, they will coach using that content. So the content's delivered, um, and then the teacher, um, steps in and answers the students questions and help and works with them and helps them understand concepts and helps them in our case, in art. Um, helps with the the physical materials and techniques and things like that, um, and um, but I I think that there's the the old model. I mean, like when I went to college, I remember like like I said, people saying, "Well, well, who should I take history from?" Well, don't take it from this person. See if you can get this person. That's really dumb. Everyone's paying the same amount for that education. Not everyone's getting the same education, unless you're really good at signing up for classes as soon as they become available and getting the intel from the um, other students on who to avoid, right? And sometimes you're avoiding a teacher not because they're not a good teacher, but because they grade hard. And that's actually counterproductive, right? I mean, because then you're going for a lesser teacher and a lesser education. So I think that because of technology, There's a there's um, you know where a good performance is delivered with the material for let's take a history class for instance Um, I mean history is history pretty much you know I mean it's like they're delivering facts and sure different teachers put different flares on it but if it's delivered in a really good way by a dynamic teacher and it's and and everyone agrees that it's accurate and that it's um, um, it's it's a good video production quality with good sound and everything why do we need to have you know a thousand teachers teaching the exact same lecture you know so that's my prediction and as well it's not my i didn't originate that but but i do think that technology will change things to to shift more in that direction
0: that's really interesting so, like, for I have some art teacher friends who listen to this podcast. Is there uh-huh. any advice you would give? Like, um, they're mainly, you know, teaching K through 12 students. Is there anything you recommend to nurture that kind of like that student, really, who loves drawing? Mm-hmm. You know, do you, what do you recommend?
1: I think we're I think we're fighting um, in in the arts. We've always kind of been fighting this idea that if you're going into the arts, you're going to starve or you're not going to be able to earn money. And that's what my book that that you one that you're holding there is is um, where where I'm trying to to say, no, you can make really good money as an artist. And here's how you do it. Um, And I think if if um, educators were able to take a student and say, you know, it looks like you like doing this. Or it looks like you like doing that. Did you know that there's a market for this or that if the if the teacher had more um, um, information on on how the how to prepare for certain markets I think it could make it more real for students to take it more seriously and to go well, now I have something to work for, because I see that in other subjects where you know. They'll have um, a welding class, for instance, you know, yeah. and the students there know that if they do X, Y, and Z, they can get a job in a year or two as a welder, as an apprentice welder, you know, same for electronics or electricians. Um, and, and then of course, then, then there's, um, you know, accountants and the people that want to be, you know, going to accounting or want to go into med school or law school, they have their, they have the um, the path. They know they have to get good grades in their uh, primary subjects. They know that they have to have a G- good GPA to get into the next school, and they have to do well there to get into the next school. So they have their path laid out. Artists don't. We we haven't laid out that path for them. So when you know, and and this is, it, you could put point fingers in a lot of different directions. I guess. But the funny thing to me, or the interesting thing to me, is that everything that we want or aspire to own has an art component to it. So if you think about you want to go out to eat, well, if you want to go out to eat really good food, it's done by an artist, right? By someone who went to culinary art school. And they're preparing a dish to look good, not just to taste good, but to look good. And you can you can apply this to anything that you want, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a um, electronics, whether it's anything that you aspire to own or have or experience a motion picture, um, you know, a music festival, everything that we want has an artist behind it, you know, and behind them are the accountants and the the, the manufacturers and the, uh, the, the the attorneys and and, and all those um, professions um, but everything that we we want has an art component yet we don't teach students how to make money with the arts it's it's kind of left up to them to kind of figure it out or fall into a default position making art for a company so that that would be the thing and and really for for art teachers i would say um it's it's read my book. <laughs> that, would be one, that would be one thing that they could do to get some ideas. Um, but, um, you know, we were talking about um, Jennifer Thornhill before we, we launched this Zoom. And the reason that I interviewed her was because of her t-shirt business. Do you know about that?
0: No, I didn't. See, I was going to interview oh, her okay. and, and, You know, but it's okay. Hopefully later on that will happen. But I, uh, she's, just so, she's just so nice. And I was yeah. like, we would chat back and forth, or, you know, on Instagram about like, oh, what was the good workshop you went to at the conference? And, uh-huh. and get recommendations for her. Super nice. But I didn't know that she had this. I'll give
1: you a spoiler for my my YouTube video that I just, just uploaded with the interview of her is you know, she was, she took the children's book pro class, but what fascinated me in, in the chat that we had online was she got into, um, she was always into art. She went and took art classes in, in college, but she went to Disneyland or Disney world in Florida um, with her family, extended family, and they were going in a big group. And I think it was her mother-in-law asked her to um draw up a shirt that had every person in the family with with uh, mickey ears you know and so she did that and they you know had all these shirts printed one for every person and and again every person was represented on the shirt and she got mobbed everywhere she went in the park by people saying where'd you get it and how can i get a shirt for my family like that and that's anyway spoiler she started a business on Etsy to where it got going so hot and heavy that she had to quit her job. Um, she did really, really well financially from it. And, and that's fascinating to me, the, the entrepreneur in me, because it's like, there are markets out there that are untapped, you know, and I've, and I've heard this story over and over again where, you know, someone just started doing something and then it, it, for one reason, or another it took off. They didn't have any clue that it was going to do really well. You know, now she experienced some problems with that when COVID hit because all of a sudden there, no one was going to the parks and the demand just dried up. And that's what kind of gave her the break that she needed to say, What's next? You know, what can I do next? And she checked into our children's book class. But, um, but yeah, it, it's a there are tons of opportunities out there. Most artists. They like to draw. They have no idea what to do next. And it's funny because they're so creative with the artwork, but not creative with the marketing. Because it, it just doesn't, for a lot of people, it doesn't translate. You know, it's hard. It's hard to do work where you're not guaranteed a payoff for most people. You know, if, if you, it, for most people, it would be easier to go paint, help paint someone's walls and make a hundred bucks or 200 bucks over the weekend, because it's cause and effect. If I spend 10 hours, I'm going to make a hundred bucks or or 200 bucks or something painting. Then um, doing a little bit of research and, or trying um, to market a product on, on an online shop, trying to make products and um, generate things that you can, you can ask people on Facebook what they think about it, you know, and, and creating a community and and nurturing that community and and finally working your way up to doing a crowdfunded project like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or something like that. Um, and that's hard work because there's no guarantee of success. In fact, you could work and many entrepreneurs do we work on projects that don't pan out, that don't make money, that cost us money. I've had plenty of those, you know, um, and at the time that you're going through it, it's can be one of the worst things to go through. It's painful. It's embarrassing in some ways because, you know, you, you spend all this time and you make something and it doesn't turn into anything. And then you know that everybody's watching and they're kind of seeing your failure. And, and, but if you can learn from that, like, what did I do wrong? What could have made it better? Why didn't people buy this? What could I, what would I do different if I was doing this again taking notes and then coming back with another project. Those are the people that do really well financially um, in a market economy are ones that figure out what people want and give them exactly what they want, when they want it, how they want it at a, at a price that's affordable. And, uh, (laughs) you know, so, and I think that there's a lot of students that are, um, you know, going to high school that would be up for something like that if they had some encouragement. Now, a lot of parents aren't very encouraging about arts. I, I was lucky in that I wasn't good at anything else. My parents were like, as long as he's doing something, you know, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> as long as he's willing to try and work really hard, we'll support him. And, um, you know, I played the cello in high school and, and they, they thought I, I, I thought I was going to try to go into music and go, you know, play in an orchestra somewhere. Um, but, Um, that's a whole nother story but (laughs) I had to make a choice when I went to school and I I kind of switched at the last minute into the visual arts and I'm really glad that I did Um, so
0: awesome well I I think um, one of the things that you mentioned that hit upon I think it's that because everybody's watching because when I've noticed some of my high school students and they they try things because I was teaching graphic design and some of them really got into it and they would do things and they would tell me privately, like, well, they're kind of judgy, they they think it's stupid, or I feel like, but are they doing that? Are they putting the effort into it? You're doing something that's different. And of course people are going to, because it is different. It's, you're going against what is considered the norm. And uh, yeah, so I think that's probably one of the big things for young artists, because they, that peer group, (laughs) I go, at least in high school, it's always, a, it was a long time ago, I was in high school, so I go, like, I, it's hard to remember, like, yeah, that could, they could be kind of judgy back then, <laughs> and even adults <laughs> do, too, I think, because we uh-huh. always get people to go, like, really, Art, that's such that's a waste <laughs> and you're going to live under a bridge, you know, so, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, I've, I, too, have heard it all, and, <laughs> And for you personally, because of all these different things that you're doing, how do you maintain like any kind of semblance of a work-life balance any <laughs> <tips> for that?
1: <laughs> you know what? We we have um, a really good staff at SBS that, that does most of the hard work. So we have that. And then on, on my Kickstarters, I hire out a lot of help for those. And, you know, um, shout out to a girl named Annalise. Um, who is helping me with the next Kickstarter, who helped me with the previous one, the last one, and who um, um, has just was one of our SPS students. And just um, we try to pull people that like that, you know, um, to, to give them an opportunity to learn things. And, you know, she's right out of high school. And so um, it's yeah, I have a lot of help. <laughs> Short answer, I have a lot of help. <laughs>
0: well it's impressive all the things that you guys get accomplished on top of any your professional freelance work teaching at it's, it's amazing that i just go like you must not sleep
1: i, <laughs> I go like there i think been, there have been times but sleep has become really important as i uh, my wife and i watched listen to a podcast on sleep on the on the joe rogan podcast this ex- excellent excellent uh, Scientist who laid out how important sleep it actually is for, I mean, for your health, I mean, and it's serious. And after re- after listening to that, I'm like, okay, we've got to get more sleep. So, <laughs> well you know, yeah, it's about priorities, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying to get better about it because I could just stay in my studio and just be making stuff all day long and uh, it's the the people who are in my life like you know family members they're like are you ever going to leave that room like you know we, we yeah. want to see you, you know so <laughs> it, it's yeah having that balance i don't know if there is such a thing and thank you so much for answering all my questions um and just doing this it it means so much i've like like seriously a fan of your teaching and Aww. work and everything that SDS learn or the new name that you guys will be that you guys just put out this <laughs> content and it's so reasonable. Um, um, did you want to do a shout out as far as like where people can um, uh, your, your stuff, your, your portfolio and um, where they can go to find SDS learn and things like that.
1: Yeah. So um, I, everything points to my website or points away from my website at will so everything is there. Um, and then um, as far as like our children's book pro class that we are um, launching that again in September, which right now it's the last day in August. Yeah. Today's the last day in August. And so it's coming up pretty soon. And um, if they just go to sbslearn.com, they can, um, they can uh, take a look at it there and see if it's something that fits in their schedule. Um and on Instagram, I'm um, at Will Terry Art, and uh, yeah.
0: Okay, well, thank you, Will, <laughs> so much for uh, being here, and um, on Zoom with me, and everybody, thank you for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.